Welcome to another of our um, podcast series and Truth and Share by S&P Data. Today I'm joined by someone I'm super excited to introduce the group to. Uh, Gregory Johnson is our Chief Revenue Officer, but really uh, today's session isn't to talk about his plan and how he's going to grow from S&P Data. It's really to talk about Gregory. And I'd sort of earmarked Gregory. He caught my attention uh, 10 years ago when he was at American Express. Um, Gregory worked for someone, the president of Open, um, and this person was a, a friend of mine through business and personal. And um, I was just so taken aback when I first met Gregory. Gregory was responsible for taking what's a dominant market position of American Express, helping small business and build a sales capability which included omni-channel door-to-door sales as well as a contact center. And that's where we got involved. Um, I talked yesterday just about, you know, who our buyer is, and our buyer is someone that's entrepreneurial. They, they, they are obviously very comfortable making decisions that have higher return with some risk. You know, I always, anyone that's bought technology knows that certain buyers, you never get fired for buying IBM. It's an old saying. And Gregory was very different. His approach was very different. He was very off the cuff, and it took me by surprise. I actually couldn't believe he would be so successful in a big company, but he was. He was being fast-tracked on a management program. He was going all the way up in that organization. He later left that company to head up uh, a similar organization at, um, um, at Capital One. And then I saw him sort of following him over the decade, ratchet down the size of the company, and I knew he was trying to find his place. And so I knew there was going to be a time, given that I thought, Here's a guy with the corporate world, but he really belonged in a company like ours, working for the companies and understanding the mentality of the clientele, which he brings to the table, a completely different perspective than we do. He used to be on the other side. So it's really a lethal combination. But just personally, Gregory, you know where I come from. I've said it to you a hundred times. You graduate from school. You grew up in a family, a big company. You go to work for a big company. When did you kind of have, so walk us through that and then I'd like you to tell me, when did you kind of have the inclination that maybe, mm-hmm. maybe you're an entrepreneur? Excellent. Thanks, Dan, and thanks for having me. I'm so excited to talk about uh, the topic because it, for me, was um, a turning point in my life, sort of finding my desire and maybe even DNA um, that t- had a tendency towards entrepreneurialism. But um, as you mentioned, I had uh, a wonderful opportunity with American Express and the last four years of my career there, I had worked with enterprise mid-market and we had laid down big programs to serve um, enterprise companies and then mid-market companies. And I had this wonderful opportunity to uh, take on the challenge of serving small businesses in a a deeper and different way. And in that challenge, I got to see uh, all kinds of small businesses um, that were new, some that were very mature, some that had, um, you know, morphed themselves three or four times through different economies. And I got to know a lot of entrepreneurs. And I always thought to myself, like, as I got exposed to these folks, having dinners with them, going to events, uh, coming to their offices, understanding their business, I just loved the variety that uh, I saw on a daily basis um, throughout the portfolio and then within the small businesses. And I also saw that um, there was sort of a different way of life, which was 24-7, always online. And I liked that energy. I'm a high energy guy. 
But then yeah. there was a moment in time that really was pivotal for me. And thankfully, I, I credit American Express with it. They were always great about developing their executives. And um, the then president of the uh, small business division uh, had somebody from the outside in. And I don't know if I could mention their name on air, but um, he had consulted with all of the uh, Wall Street executives and then had a, a practice really to help executives find um, their passion and their values. And he found out that if you could align your values with the company values and then with the values of the customers you serve, you had sort of this um, optimal trinity, if you would. And so I went through an assessment and honest to God, I took the assessment on the corporate jet of all things, going out to California for kind of ironic, um, some big right? gathering, very ironic. And I remember I had to do the assessment because I wanted to get it done before we landed because I knew it was going to be a topic of the meeting. But I was resistant to doing the assessment because maybe I was afraid of what I would find or whatever. And the assessment was um, a wonderful gift because we had sessions with this uh, consultant afterwards, one-on-one. -on -one, and he said, listen, Gregory, you score off the charts as an entrepreneur. And there's one little thing in your background um, that keeps you sort of tied to corporate. And that is your uh, tolerance of risk. And so if you could change this tolerance of risk, you will kill it out in the entrepreneurial world. And that actually helped me make the decision to step out of American Express, who I loved, and go to work for uh, Capital One, uh, which was another wonderful experience and taught me so much about uh, you know, downside risk management. And if you can manage risk, it's really not that much risk. And so um, that was a turning point from there on. I went smaller and smaller to uh, other companies, did two fintechs um, where, you know, it's radically different than working for a Fortune 50 company. Um, but I kept getting excited about that. And so this is my first venture with you, as you know, for a private company. And I'm having a, a blast doing it and really feeling my entrepreneurial roots. It's really amazing. And so, you know, I always talk about family. Um, you know, my father came from from overseas, he really didn't have a chance to work for a big company. Um, he just went and my mom worked and had a day job and he figured out what his next best thing would be. And then my brother became an entrepreneur. It was something I was raised with. And, mm -hmm. you know, though, you know, Gregory, I educated myself. I, uh, like you, I risk mitigated. I didn't know if I could be an entrepreneur, so I went to business school. And in those days, business school wasn't um, geared to being an entrepreneur and I found myself um, I had that as always the backdrop very different stakes than my parents I think where I look at you today right you know you had your parents you always kid me about Unilever which was my good client for years <laughs> I love mm -hmm. them dearly I had them for my first business for 15 years amazing company um, you, you, you know for you to rank out and sort of find yourself in reverse mode it must be very different here's what I sort of take and like you to talk about you, you really, um, you, you talk about that speed. So I really believe you do very well with the speed and, you know, time management. Um, I think that you found it and something that we think when we speak to people, you know, talking to people inside a company, you did receive that ability to be creative inside American Express as a, for instance, right? Mm -hmm. But I really think that I'd like you to talk about sort of, you know, if someone's thinking of the same as you're doing and they're looking at opportunities outside you know what is the realization um you know how how what are some of the signs that told you other than you filled out a survey that said you wanted to do that i mean you think i know you yeah. thought about a lot because you're a smart guy yeah and you're left-handed two things about <laughs> That's right. we're, we're both left-handed which means we marched to a different drummer that should have told you <laughs> years right. ago get out of get a dodge but it didn't 
Yeah. Well, uh, a good question. So, um, actually, as uh, a young teenager, um, I think I started like cultivating my entrepreneurial roots. I just didn't know that it was called that. And um, I had a little uh, lawn mowing and tree service business with my brother, yeah. and we did really, really well. Had 100% customer retention. We didn't know what that was in those days, but right. um, we had you know high satisfaction scores. People called us back. It was all word of mouth. We never did a bit of advertising, and I was always energized by the ability to keep making more and more money. Um, by just getting more efficient with how we did things. And, and as we, your own actions. And our own great. actions. And you could see the direct correlation between your sort of inputs and the outputs. And and it was and it was really great to serve a bunch of different customers and to get that real-time feedback. And I think part of being an entrepreneur is you stay so close to customers because it's such an important vital relationship and they chose you for a reason and vice versa. And so it really is a relationship. It's sort of like a marriage. Um, and so, uh, you know, I went from there and then I went to college at ASU and um, I found myself still wanting to not work for the traditional, you know, company and worked my way through school, um, did some part time uh, stuff at United Parcel Service. But during the summers, I ran a little uh, car detailing business. And so, again, I didn't really know as an entrepreneur, but I, I just knew that I liked starting things up and getting them going, getting customers. And that one I did branch out. I did advertising for the first time because I was in a new town. I didn't have word of mouth. And so right. that was really an evolution for me to start, you know, in those days it wasn't digital marketing, but I went out and handed out flyers. I still remember it was a baby blue flyer that said white glove detailing, right? And so right. um I you know I think I had it. Did there. the IRS but, know you had that business? <laughs> well I was gonna you know, I think I'm outside of the statute of limitations and I probably was under the earning limit. So okay. <laughs> anyway we're okay. I, I just want to make yeah, sure. I'm always trying to control my downside risk. So I um you know, then I went to ASU, and I'll tell you the truth. I went to ASU to become a psychology major because I was always fascinated with how the mind worked. And as it was, the business uh, school doesn't give you a, a minor. They give you an emphasis, right, at least at the time that I went. And so I remember being disappointed about that because I also knew that there was something about business I wanted to learn more about and discover. And so I took a marketing major and emphasis in psychology. As it turned out, I had more hours in psychology than my major, and I really enjoyed that. But I think the two were really a combo. But I learned through that experience the power of marketing, and I think it just drew me back into this sort of corporate phase to say I've got more to learn before I venture out and become an entrepreneur. I think also I was um, really uh, swayed by the fact that in my upbringing, as you mentioned, my dad had worked for big companies, and he was always such a great hard worker. Um, you know, leaving early in the morning, always did a commute so that you know the family could live in a great place and go to good schools and uh, just was always like stretching for us. And so I you know, saw that model. I thought that's what you did. You go to work for a big company, you work your way up, do good work, get promoted. And I did a lot of that you know, in my early years. I mean, the first 15 years of my career. Um, and so yeah. I think you know, I combined the two and figured out there was a bunch of money flow going into FinTech. And I said, look, this is uh, a place that I need to know more about and I gotta take some risk. And so that led me to you. Yeah, great. So. Um I want to wrap up this. I, I want to tell you that um, I feel very honored to work with you. The perspective, you know, we have two different approaches. Um, and just like my marriage, I always say to my wife, we are two different people. She comes from a very conservative background. Um, we approach, I think, out of the box. She thinks in structured fashion. I'm not accusing you of thinking in structured fashion, but we do approach problems in two different ways, but we always mm -hmm. arrive at the same conclusion. It's been a wonderful experience. 
And um, I can't wait to have another session with you um, where we talk about mentorship and leadership, which I want to do. So, you know, Gregory, first of all, thank you for joining us. I can't tell you, um, I really think this is your calling. You know, I've said this, um, you're working on things. I've had you sort of take all the different segments and the way that you organize thought and teams and build teams. I'm really excited to have you and I can't tell you how honored and um, can't wait. And so, you know, I'd like to end this segment and say everything you always wanted to know, but we're afraid to ask and remember the truth shall set you free. The truth shall set you free. Thanks so much, Dan. I've enjoyed it. Great. <laughs>